0: Today's Thinking and Drinking episode is all about one of our favorite nonprofit organizations called Narrowgate. Narrowgate helps at-risk young men and young men who don't know what's next for them figure out their next steps in life, all with a God-centered biblical emphasis. We found out about Narrowgate through our church, Grace Chapel, where our lead pastor, Rob Rogers, was one of the first graduates from Narrowgate. Amy and I have three wonderful friends because of Narrowgate. Bill and Stacy Spencer, who started Narrowgate, and Grant Batson, who's a master guitar builder and does amazing things with wood, and is on staff at Narrowgate. He and Bill run a guitar course where you can build your own guitar. I took this class and the guitar sounds awesome. This episode was recorded a few years back, but the message remains the same. narrowgate.org, narrowgate.org, is the website. Please be generous, folks. Here's Bill and Grant from Narrowgate. Hey, thinking and drinking, Narrowgate edition. Got uh, Bill Spencer and Grant Batson. Hey. Tuning guitars? Trying to. (laughs) It shouldn't be that tough. Let me tune mine while you're
1: tuning yours.
0: Hey, this is uh, for November, which is Gratitude Month. So Amy and I tried to find some people that we're thankful for. And that do some things we're thankful for And we thought of you cats So thank you for doing
2: this Well that makes me thankful that you're thankful for us Thanks for being thankful thankful. Thank you (laughs) Thank you for thanking us
0: And we need to thank Stacy Your lovely wife For wrangling herding cats Like she does Did you take my capo off?
1: It was scratching my knuckle
0: (laughs) Can't have that I
1: soak these things in Vaseline every
2: morning, man. I you not borrow that?
0: Dude, you're weirding me out, man. So, Brother Bill? Yeah. You're from Missouri?
2: I am. Well, grew up there, yeah, Yeah. from being the operative.
0: Right, right.
2: Fast as I could get away, I was from there.
0: Born and lowered? That's what I always (laughs) say, instead of born and raised.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, brother. The way I was born, I don't know if there is any lowered. (laughs) Can you just be born lower? I
0: think you can, if you want to. So you spent, you came to Nashville to be a musician.
2: I did, yeah. To be a pro musician. I did Paris, Tennessee to start with.
0: Well, of course, that's where a fella would go.
2: (laughs) That's no lie, I really did. I moved from Missouri (laughs) to Paris and recorded my first album with Keith Lancaster and Rodney Britt in the basement of a log cabin on Clifty Road. You know Clifty Hams? Yeah, well, yeah. His mom Kay and Bitsy Live like a mile down the road from Clifty Farms, and that's where he grew up. And we recorded our first a cappella record in the basement of his house Dang. on one of those old Fostex twenty-four oh, one-inch yeah, machines. Man. Yeah, that's what we did it on, man, down in the basement of his house. So I really did. I moved from Missouri to Paris to try to be a recording star. Dang. Singing it for a civil musical on that Okay, Paris, Tennessee. I was lying. It wasn't really Paris.
0: So you spent how many years in the music biz?
2: Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, Spent about two, three, and then I ran away out to the West Coast and lived on the side of a mountain for about four. I guess I came back here in 89 and uh, 10 years. Yeah, Yeah, 89 to 98, something like that. What were you doing? Lots of stuff, man. Uh, Played out on the road, you know, Bars like everybody, and cruise ships, and Disney World, and the house band at the Neon Armadillo, and played Miss Kitties, and you know, do the bar circuit yeah. thing. And then uh, tried to get a record deal, and I wasn't near about close enough to do that, so um, <laughs> decided to get in the music business and wound up. Uh, I was band leader for Loretta Lynn for a while, sang backup, tour manager, that kind of stuff. Took over the publishing companies, worked in the quote-unquote business side of it for a while. So we bought Reba's old place out by the fairgrounds on Fairgrounds Court. Bought that place and rebuilt the studio. That's when she built the Starstruck thing down the 17th.
0: I got a record deal one time. It was 12 CDs for a penny. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Or
0: 12 cassettes at the time. Yeah,
2: but when I was a kid, they were still (laughs) albums, baby. (laughs) (laughs) These LPs. Those
0: were the times. Yeah. And uh <laughs> Stacy, your beautiful wife is from Mississippi, which I didn't even know. I swear she was Meridian. Meridian. Dang man.
2: Yeah, man. Everybody's yeah. been through there. Yeah. Nobody stops. No. Everybody's it, been through there. I always
0: say about my hometown, it's a good place to be from.
2: Yep. Yep. I'll drink to that. Yes, sir. There you go. I got my <laughs> coffee cup, my uh oh, I didn't grab my thinking and drinking coffee cup. I got the wrong coffee it's cup. Over there. Okay, I'll have to swap it out while you're talking to Grant. Well, don't
0: spill now. Okay. So Grant, you and your brother Corey started building guitars as children in Texas. What got you into woodworking and stuff so much?
1: Um, my dad kinda did Mike? Mike. Yeah. Yes, the other Mike. Right. Yeah, Mike Four. <laughs> he did um a little bit of everything just always outsmarting any problem that he had it was you know mostly stuff out of necessity but um you know it was actually it was funny i had a, a guy over to the my woodworking shop for the weekend and he was asking me some of these same questions about how i got into it and my dad and um The question was, you know, was my dad a woodworker? And I was like, no. My dad just did stuff, you know? I mean, he, and that's really kind of how I feel still to this day. But I, he, I remember he built our bunk beds, and they were nice. He built, you know, all the furniture in our bedroom. My brother was in eighth grade, and he had to do a woodworking, some kind of project for school. So my dad, this was, you know, Internet was not there. You know, you, you, right. you, you lucky yeah. if you can go to the you know little Taylor, Texas library and find a book on woodworking. My dad and Corey built a roll top desk for his eighth oh, grade project. I it
2: was going to be pine derby, man. That was mine. Did you do Pinewood Derby? No, but yeah. some friends did. Pinewood derby,
1: yeah, yeah. But the so the funny thing was though. I mean, so I can point to a handful of things that my dad did in in quote, quote unquote woodworking category. Yeah, that and he did them well, but. I can't think of any other projects beyond those handful that he did because he was either pulling a transmission on a you know some old pickup truck or building the barn or you know he wrote a small book on uh, refrigeration because he was big into electric refrigeration electricity refrigeration just you know, anything that popped up on his radar yeah. he'd just kind of tackle it. And so, I don't know, I guess at some point that DNA, I guess, was just there. So for me, I don't know that I ever was really interested in woodworking. But what happened was I, I had uh, garage bands since we were little kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a terrible—do you ever hear of a an electric guitar brand called Memphis? No. Yeah, it was probably—yeah, so. <laughs> exactly, right? So my my cousin right there with Court and Kay and uh-huh. all those guys. Yeah. So my mm-hmm. cousin David Ash uh, was at uh, Abilene Christian University mm-hmm. in the uh, probably I don't know late eighties, and he brought his band from Abilene Christian to my parents' house in Texas for a weekend, and they just sat around the piano in the living room and with guitars and everything, and they were just going to town. And that's when I really fell in love with the idea of being a musician. I wanted to learn to play an instrument. And, And he had this old crappy Memphis electric guitar, and he gave it to me.
0: I think we all still like
1: the idea of being a musician. Yeah, right. It's
0: a good idea. It's a great idea.
1: The reality
0: can kind of kick your teeth in a little bit if you try that.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You don't get. You don't get. I, I was telling a guy this morning. You, we don't get to go around failure. Right. You That's have to, great. You have to go through. Yes. You know, yes. Um, you go through. <laughs> you go through the bad work to finally, hopefully, stumble onto something good every once in a while. But so anyway, I. The woodworking part came kind of through necessity. I was in my high school shop class and we were supposed to do some kind of woodworking project and we just had to pick something and everyone was going to do bird feeders and I, I, didn't, I didn't want a bird feeder. I don't care about birds. We shot them in our backyard. you know. We we're not watching them. We're, we're know, certainly not got to feed them. They're feeding us. So, So I had this terrible guitar and I thought, you know what? I'm going to rip all the parts off of this guitar and I'm going to build a... My own electric guitar, my own design, and I was always doing art stuff. And so, I anyway found an old butcher butcher block maple top that was in a dumpster, and that was going to be the body. And I learned in that class—I think I was fourteen or fifteen—in that class, I learned how to use a bandsaw and a router and all this. But no one showed me. It was just there's a bandsaw over there and. Oh, there's a switch on it, and, you know. I mean, literally, uh, the guy that Finger taught off, the guy that taught our shop class was yeah. he was. I think he was really his calling was to be a bus driver because that's what he that was his other job at the that school. That old stampy
0: He that's was a color. great
1: guy. Loved the guy, but he he was just. He could weld a little bit, and that was about the extent of his shop expertise. So anyway, I'll put together this horrific-looking electric guitar. That Memphis was like a gem compared to this, uh, this Memphis piece. Memphis was
0: that, a 59 Les Paul. Man, it was
1: awesome. So that was, again, kind of out of this feeling of I need a better widget. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do it myself and so it's more of a DIY DNA I think I, I don't need anybody Yeah, I can do everything by myself I don't need you I want something I'm going to make it Yeah. so that's kind of how it, it all started uh, for me and then years later I moved to Nashville and to make a long story slightly less long flushed my education down the toilet got a job as a grunt green apprentice in a woodworking shop and in that venue um, I ended up buying a really nice guitar because I was going to get married and I realized I'd probably never be able to afford that so I should do it now. So bought the guitar. My brother got jealous of that guitar. He was broke. He said, I'm going to make an acoustic guitar. I said, good luck. I've tried it. It sucks. And anyway, we both started kind of throwing ourselves into this hobby that kind of just enthralled us i mean it really became something we loved so
0: so how'd you get in you okay you built a bunch of guitars and now you as i don't know on the side or whatever your other you're building tobacco pipes how'd you get into that from guitars
1: uh that was kind of a a weird back door i was um we had a guitar on display in a tobacco shop in nashville uptowns which is no longer there but um there was a pipe maker who stumbled into that store, and he saw our guitar in this display case, and we, it was a pretty fancy guitar. We had put a cigar humidor up inside of the thing, and it had Which all... Which you will, you need it. That. had... It was kind of weird.
2: Not in all of them? Yeah. <laughs> That's it so should it, be.
0: Like, if you put a Cuban cigar in it, did your guitar sound Cuban?
1: It was very much a much more of a Latino, you know, uh, you know. You could
0: flamenco thing, flamenco thing for, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: So a, a guy who made fancy pipes came and he called me up and said, "Hey, I saw your work in this cigar shop, and I make expensive tobacco pipes, and I would like for you to build a fancy cabinet for some of my pipes for this very." You know, illustrious customer, and tell me it's going to take you a year. Tell me it'll be ten thousand dollars. Just tell me you'll do it, and and I was, we were neck deep in guitars, and I was not this. I say yes to a lot of things, you know. So we'll just leave that there, but
0: it's kind of a knowing laugh over there on old Bill's face, right? Yeah,
1: because I feel like you know what's what's behind that door you know so so i said sure <laughs> we'll, we'll talk i like that and then um i forgot about it for about a year mm-hmm. and and in that course of a year a lot of stuff had changed for me at the guitar company and i was kind of looking to do something different and so that's when i called them and i said hey you remember me you're still interested in that project cuz i didn't have a job i was kind of trying to figure it out and uh, so Long story short, again, he hires me to do this, this work for him, and through the course of that, he starts introducing me to his pipes and the process of making pipes, and he was selling pipes for $10,000 a piece, which is, I didn't even know that world existed. And so I made a handful of pipes, and that 30 days later, after it was about a month between me learning that, oh, this is a thing, I, and now I'm going to try my hand at it to the largest uh, pipe show in the world in Chicago was you know a month later so he paid for my way and I had all these pipes that he taught me to make in a, in a month's time and I went and I sold all of them and this weird new career of pipe making was now on my radar which was strange so
0: yeah that's crazy. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you so, have a lot of ten thousand dollar pipes, Bart? Do I have a lot? Yeah, you own a lot of ten thousand. I feel you only pipes. just it, need a couple. Know, once I once I cross six or seven, I was all done. <laughs> well, I,
1: seven's really yeah. the goal. I mean, you know, one that, for every day, one, every day of the week. Yeah, yeah. yeah they need to rest.
2: <clears throat> you know. Yeah, but yeah. Golly. So, Bill, I don't have a ten thousand dollar car, man.
0: But I was going to say, if I, my pipe costs more than my car. That's kind of how I feel about guitars. It's like, when did you know you had officially lost it? It's like, well, when I knew I had more guitars than friends, I figured I may just be, <laughs> I may be in the rabbit hole, man. Mm-hmm. And I was okay with that. I'm still okay so, with that. So,
2: so your se- your second guitar was what, what did it then? Pretty much.
0: Yeah, right. And I sold the first one.
2: That, that's not a true thing, is it? I'm looking up on the wall at the guitars I got, and I'm counting friends on the other hand, trying to figure out if I'm upside down. <laughs> I think well, you I'm keep, in trouble. You keep giving them away, though.
0: <laughs> oh, man. So, Bill, in 2004, you had an a, a uprising in your home life.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You, who you been talking to, man? <laughs> 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 so, <I've> seen, <laughs> so, Bart, where were you on December then? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So. Yeah. You invited two young fellas. Yeah. To come stay with you. And can you just. Walk us through a little bit of the, the, the vision that became what is Narrowgate.
2: Uh boy. Yeah, I don't know how to do that in a podcast. Yeah. Uh, that's a tough one, man. Um, you know, I think everybody wants their life to matter. Yeah. the Somewhere deep inside. I think most guys like us, you know, we we learn how to build guitars or pick guitars or make pipes or do what we do because there's something in us that wants to do something of significance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we grow up with this idea that when you see somebody on stage or you go to, a like you said, a big pipe show and some dude's selling a pipe for 10 grand, it's, yeah. it's desire equals value. Mm-hmm. And if I desire that enough to spend $10,000 on it, then it must have value. And if it came from that guy, then he must have value. Totally. And I think yeah. all of us want to have value. And I tried to chase that down. You know, we a lot of dirt roads trying to chase that one down. Yeah, and a lot of dead hunting dogs, and (laughs) and none of them hunted at the end of the day. And uh, we we kind of found out through a series of events that it actually started before two thousand and four. There's I met this fellow that was homeless.
0: Oh, okay. Uh,
2: He got he'd just been released from a drug rehab. He had nowhere to go. Didn't have family member one. He didn't have a dime to his name. Um. and as crazy as this sounds, I won't try to explain, it, but as crazy as this sounds, me and Stacey invited him to come live with us.
0: Huh.
2: We had extra bedroom. And he lived with us for about oh, like two and a half months, something like that. He had a dream one night that he was back out on the street, but he was a street preacher. And so we did some, you know, call some friends kind of thing. And we got him into the Teen Challenge Ministry Institute in Jacksonville, Florida. And he went back to some training and went back out on the street as a street preacher. And something clicked, man. It's like. I helped somebody find what it was they were supposed to do in life. Yeah. And it wasn't because I was desired that I had significance. It's because he found what he desired, and I got to help. That's where I found significance. And same with Stacy. Yeah. We were ruined, man. So roll the clock forward. We're running this little business, and one of the guys we're doing business with has a son that's kind of come off the rails. He like, got straight Fs. He got a 0.0 GPA his first semester at Auburn, and things were pretty rough. And uh, this dude said, hey, I know you, know you like outdoor stuff, and you like a lot of stuff that my son likes. Would you have lunch with him? Said sure, had lunch, wind up inviting him to come stay. He had a buddy that came and visited. I invited him to move in the house, because I just wanted a taste of that thing that we tasted before. Yeah. And in the words of a famous pipe maker, to make a long story short, uh, by the end of that year, we had seven guys living in our house. Dang. And we only had three bedrooms and two bathrooms. So it, was, it was tight, brother. Man. We had to build some bunk beds like Grant's dad down in the basement and try to figure out how to make it work. Um. And all of them were doing the same thing. They were trying to figure out who they were and why they're here. Yeah. And these two first guys that moved in our house said, hey, what if we started a place where guys could just figure out who they are and why they're here? And what if y'all helped us? And stupidly, we said, yeah, why not? (laughs) And so they hung around for a couple years, and then they went off and did something else, and we were stuck with it. (laughs) And, uh, man, I've never been stuck with a better gift in my whole life.
0: Dude, how many guys you had through here?
2: 411. Man. Four hundred eleven. That's a lot of guys.
0: That's a lot of guys. Yeah. I always think, man, you know, I was an usher for a long time at our church. And if you were an usher in the big room, our pastor, Steve, is down the aisle, first seat on the left. And part of your job as an usher was to go down there and just put your back up against him. Because he's mentally getting ready. He's praying. He's getting ready for a sermon. So you know, Grant comes down there and says he can't pay, figure out the compound radius of this guitar neck. He doesn't need Steve to pray for it. Right. That was just a little guitar joke there. Cool. <laughs> so Steve turns around. Was and
2: that there's, a D or a soft V? What
0: what? It was a soft V. Soft V, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a little bit more complex geometry there, but we won't get into that.
0: <laughs> also I knew is it felt like a baseball bat cut in half right there. Sweet. The old Louisville Slugger. <laughs> But we looked up, and he taps me on the shoulder, and he goes, look at that. And there was people all the way up through the back door of the church. And he goes, all those people want prayer. And I go, dude, I think sometimes all you need is one person to listen to you, yeah, and you're going to be okay. may not be great, but you're going to get through today. And that's like, I'm sure you have all these guys. They just want one person (laughs) to listen to them and to help them. Yeah. Set them a little bit straight.
2: Sometimes the stories are a little tougher than that. Oh Sometimes yeah. Sometimes they're not. Yeah. Um, yeah. We got some guys that just. I mean, I got a guy who's a he's a graduate of the Narragate program. Just saw him a few nights ago. As a matter of fact, he was out here last week, Thursday night. Once guys come through here, it's not like it's a program, right? It it's family. We only have thirty guys a year come here. Yeah. That, that's it. So you can kind of do the math, you know. And not every year do we even have thirty. So. We've been doing it for 15 years, so you do the math, over 400 guys. Um, This guy came back out just to eat dinner and sit around, study at night. um, When he was 11, 12, 13 years old, he'd never met his mom,
0: Mm.
2: never seen her. The first time he ever met her, he was 18, he graduated high school and this lady walked up and gave him a hug and said, I'm so proud of you, do you know who I am? And he said, well, I guess from the way you're hugging me, you're my mom. (laughs)
1: You know. Are you my mommy?
2: Yeah, and his dad, his dad was in and out of jail. So when he was 11, 12, 13 years old, he was living in a house that didn't have electricity. He was getting himself up, getting dressed, and getting to school and staying in school. I mean, the, the, just tough stories, yeah. you know, stuff that I can't even imagine. Yeah. And I had the privilege of living with that guy for eight months while he came through Narragate and have had the privilege of staying close to him for the four years, almost five years now, since he graduated. And he came back out and told us that um, he's about to be hired at a a really, like if I said the name of the church here locally, you'd know it a really big church here locally. He's going to be the kids' programming director for this huge church. So he gets to give back to kindergarten through fifth grade kids the kind of love and compassion and fatherhood to them that he wished he had yeah, had, he, didn't have. he never had it. Yeah. So he gets to become the thing that he always wanted someone to be for him. And I think if all of us could do that, we'd find ourselves. Yeah. If you could just become the thing for somebody else that you wish somebody had been for you when you really needed it, Yeah. you'll find some substance in life. So that's all me and Stacey are trying to do. We're just trying to be for somebody else What we what every one of us wished, whether we had great parents or not great parents, good family, whatever, what we wish somebody would have been for us. We're just trying to be that for them.
0: Hmm. Are you? It's
2: pretty. No. But we're trying. Most of the time. We're trying. Yeah. You know? And you know, there's a there's a real famous quote, man. Love never fails.
0: Yeah.
2: Everything else shuts down. But at the end of the day, There's a big, long description of what love is. And the last thing it says is, and hey, don't forget, love never fails. We fail. I mean, there's no magic program that does it. The bottom line is you get some right, you get some wrong, but at the end of the day, if somebody knows that you really love them, like you would really spend the minutes of your day, it's really funny, no greater love has a man than this that he lay down his life for a friend. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say die. It says lay down your life, Hmm. and that's the minutes of your day. That's your life, not your death. So it's not, are you willing to die for somebody? It says, are you willing to live for somebody? Yeah. And when those guys know you're willing to live for them, you're willing to spend your life so that they can find life, now you got something.
0: Yeah. Let the transformation begin. That's it, man. That's good, man. Hmm. So uh, what all do you guys do up here besides this guitar class that i want to get into but you have the lodge you're making i mean you're cutting up gigantic trees it's i mean you guys have a myriad of things out here
2: uh it's really just one thing man it just takes different shapes <laughs> all right making <laughs> furniture sure um mm-hmm. i'm just sitting here admiring that beautiful guitar that you built man that's a well i wish i wish i wish you could see a podcast man that thing's nice
0: you can, but you should be better looking than me if you're going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I heard. Uh, have you had any really great students that really excelled in this class and made a really great guitar?
2: Not yet. Man, I... <laughs> <laughs> there's always hope for the next one. See, man, I was, I was. Play something on that thing, man.
1: Am I out of tune
0: again? I think so. What am I doing? I'm, oh, I'm something, wobbling all over wobbling. the place here. Did we break it out again?
1: I think we broke it now. Something's in my pocket. Might be a tobacco pipe, man. You can't tell. I think I need to tune it up first. But Yeah,
0: the yeah, bottom, line, line, is, bottom line
2: is this, yeah, man. Yeah. There's a... Uh, there's a desire. Grant and I kind of had the same dad growing up. You know, We just had that dad that always could. Yeah. And when you're a kid and your dad always can, something gets in you and makes you think that you can. Yeah. And so you just think you can. And if you think you can, then you'll give it a try. And chances are, if you give it a try, it'd probably work out crappy. But you'll figure out where your mistakes are what's, and you'll figure out how to fix it.
0: what's the worst thing that can happen? Exactly. You go do something else.
2: So... I always wanted to build a guitar. Grant always wanted to build a guitar. We took different paths, but we figured out how to build a guitar. A lot of people helped us along the way. We figured out a lot of stuff along the way. Um, one of the things we always wanted when we moved out to this property was to have a shop in the woods because I love working in a wood shop. It's just, it's fun. Yeah. And, um, you know, some there's a guy, he was part of the Tennessee Association of Wood Turners. had a really nice shop in one of his houses up on a lake north of town. And uh, 87 years old, never been sick a day in his life, and he wasn't feeling real good. And he went to see his doctor, and his doctor said, well, congrats, Tom, you got your ticket home. Hmm. And he said, great, when do I leave? And the said, about six months. (laughs) So now he's got three houses to deal with and all this. And he said, hey, I always heard that Narragate, which the Tennessee Association of Woodturners had a relationship with, I always heard that Narragate wanted a wood shop. Um, What if you just had mine? And he invited us to come up and just literally disassemble his wood shop and bring it out here to the property. And that's how we got started. So all of a sudden we had a shop. I'd always wanted to build a guitar. I started in college, but I never did finish college. (laughs) (laughs) Or the guitar. And... uh, and so we got some wood and started learning how to build. You know, you read some books and watch some videos and get up in the shop and try some stuff and then meet a friend that knows how to build and he teaches us some stuff. And then Grant shows up and something clicks there. And we thought, hey, you know, this thing that we love, there's probably a lot of guys that would like to have that experience. So, yeah, we've got a really nice wood shop. We've got a couple of sawmills. We're actually producing our own material now. Um, we're actually teaching an international class on how to develop a milling and wood product manufacturing so course cool, man. across the world, trying to develop economy and and expand the kingdom around the world. Yeah, and, um, yeah, all that allows us to have a pretty decent shop, and then call guys like you and say, "Hey, Bart, you want to build a guitar?" And you yeah. show up, and boom, there it is. There's a guitar.
0: That's the coolest thing I've ever done. It's just it, it at the. I mean, it's just. I think I told you guys that the week after we put the bracing in it, I went home and I looked inside every acoustic guitar you get a I had. Out. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm looking at and I'm looking at the shape of them and the, and everything. And it's, it looks like mine, man. <laughs> or I did that. It looks told nothing like mine. Oh. And it's told and Lots it's like theories, huh? Man, it's like it's so cool, and they all sound fantastic. It's like there. I mean, there's. I assume yeah. there's no one way to make a, a guitar. Fan
2: brace, lattice brace, X-brace. It mm-hmm. just runs and runs and runs, man.
0: Well, how did you guys decide on the size of the body, the body shape, wood types, all of that stuff? I mean, what made you do this one blueprint?
1: Well, this one for this class? Yeah. This was basically John Rissler. I mean, you yeah. tell him about John
2: Cause he's a pretty key part of the guitar class. Yeah, he's he's about as central to making this thing go as a guy can yeah. get. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to build a guitar. Uh, I built a couple of them. I built, yeah, I, I built a couple, three of them. Yeah. The first one I named Frankenstein for obvious reasons, (laughs) because I was just going to have something that had strings on it. You didn't have to make music, but I was going to have something that had strings on it.
0: I thought you were going to do a bolt on neck jack there, Frankenstein. No, no, no,
2: it's not that. It was just, it was just that ugly, and it really (laughs) everybody at the end of the day wanted to get a torch and light it on fire. So I mean, (laughs) pitchfork it and light it on fire. Um, So. A buddy of mine is a guy named Mark Adams. Uh, the Mark Adams School of Woodworking is the largest fine woodworking school in America. Mark, is he's just an incredible guy. And he brings the best of the best of the best teachers in from around the world, around the country, but around the world too, to teach different woodworking classes. And one of the classes they teach is an acoustic guitar building class. And the guy that teaches it is a guy named John Ressler, one of the most talented woodworkers I have ever had the, com- the pleasure of calling company. I mean, this this guy's amazing. Yeah, he's actually a stair builder by trade, so he builds those huge curved, complex, floating stair things Man. that you see like in Boston and up right. on Lake Michigan. And Chicago. He actually lives in Chicago. He's up there, but what he really loves is acoustic guitars. That's really his thing. Uh, and he teaches theories of acoustic guitar building, and he's good enough at it, he actually made a guitar out of OSB, and it sounds good. And it's not just me, you can ask Grant, Grant's heard it too, it's like it's, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty he awesome. made a guitar out of OSB and made it sound good, just to prove that it's not just about having great tone woods, although that helps, yeah. it's just about the theory of producing an acoustic instrument.
0: OSB is essentially like particle board? or Yeah,
2: oriented strand board. It's the stuff you put on the outside of your house. That (laughs) wafer board that boxes your house in. He Uh. made a guitar out of that stuff. (laughs) It's just incredible. So John has, it's kind of an OM model design. He's tweaked a couple of things. But he gave us all of his specs his bracing patterns everything he gave us it, John just doesn't think that I, that stuff ought to be proprietary yeah. it's not like hey I build a great guitar and it's going to be a trade secret and I never want anybody to copy me and I'm going to rule the world right. he's like hey God made me able to do it why yeah. wouldn't I share it with everybody? Exactly. So he's just given us everything, like bending forms and bracing structures and all of it. So this is called a, he calls it a prima. It's really a takeoff of the OM model. Yeah. And he gave us all the jigs and fixtures and bracing patterns and everything for free and actually came down and taught the class himself the first time. Like he taught it down here for nothing. And the <sighs> reason he did it, the reason all this stuff, the reason you took the class, Bart, at the end of the day is these guys that come live with me and Stacy, there's no tuition to any of this. Yeah. You know, we sp- we spend one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars a year on food. <laughs> now, just let that
0: yeah wash over you for a little bit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we spend one hundred twenty five thousand dollars on food. It takes a lot to make this go. Yeah. But the result, the the caliber of leaders in society that come out of Narragate, man, the ripple effect that they have everywhere oh, they go is just huge. Yeah. It's just I mean, you were talking about your pastor Steve, right? Uh, The guy who's the associate pastor of this five thousand member church. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the first guys that ever moved in our house. Yeah, like they just go on to do land developers and bankers and educators and doctors and just incredible stuff that they go on to do to to literally serve and change society with this idea that people are worth loving, people are worth caring about. So John came down and taught for nothing mm. because he believes in the cause that it serves yeah. at the end of the day. So gave us mm-hmm. all the stuff, taught. Well, Grant and his brother, Corey, had this, complete, like you say, completely different method for guitar building. Yeah. And the reason we settled on this particular one is because we didn't want to retool to build Grant's way. <laughs> we already had all the tools to build John's way. Absolutely. So we're building wrestler's <laughs> guitar. Totally. <laughs> That's really the truth, man. That's why yeah. we built that body style and that size and Well and it's 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 practical though. It's a practical way to build and it is. It's big enough you can strum it, it's small mm-hmm. enough you can finger pick it. It's that OM. It's that yeah. that orchestral model. It's the perfect size. If you just want one utilitarian guitar mm-hmm. to pretty much do everything on that pick an OM. It's yeah. a good guitar.
0: Everybody that picks that guitar up goes, man. I would play this a lot. I go, yeah, well, it gets played a lot. <laughs> I love it, man. But it, it, what blew me away is how much, because I guess you typically have five students, mm-hmm. and every student has their own workstation, own set of tools, own everything. So you're not all waiting in line to, hey, can I borrow that screwdriver? You know, any of that kind of yeah, stuff. No, that'd and be so. Huh? Oh, man. Well, yeah, it's just you'd never get anything done. But the, like the tops and the backs are just big squares so you have to you cut that out yourself you shape the bindings I mean all that stuff it's fascinating for a guy that's been called like I told you one of the best guitar owners in town I had no idea what really all went into building a guitar band and it was just I, I would come home every night and Amy would just go what'd you do today? <laughs> and it was and hey, please awesome.
2: don't say spend money
0: right yeah <laughs> no, I'm trying to make money, but yeah, that's it's amazing, man. And you're still doing three weekends.
2: Uh, build a guitar in two weekends. Two. Yeah, so two. We do we Friday, did? Saturday, Sunday, and then two? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, we did, but then you were a special student, so you showed up a whole lot more uh, later.
0: <laughs> I showed up at your house one time.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right indeed yeah Twice. And, and just to set the i mean you got you got to set the right expectations at the end of 6 days at the end of 2 3 day week yeah. you have what we call a guitar in the white and in the white means it's not finished yeah you haven't sanded and filled and put coats of finished and buffed it out and then glued the bridge back on and done your final setups so, i mean there's still work to do yeah but at the end of six days you have a guitar with a bridge that's bolted onto the face yeah. that plays you can take it home play music. and you
1: can leave it that way and play it that way forever For the rest of your yeah. life if you wanted I mean, to yeah
0: it's hard to change strings though i found that out indeed yeah you kind of got to go through the sound hole I got these little snossages that don't look oh,
1: that uh, <laughs> Because of the bolt-on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: And that's those are some things that maybe will change in the future. But we'll, we, there, there are going to be things that we tweak in our process that are going to make this more efficient. But that's kind of what guys like Bill and I do anyway, is you do something once, and then you're constantly looking at it going... All those things that I hated and that were inefficient, I'm changing that because I want it to be better. So you were a guinea pig. Thank you for that. Um, And uh, the next classes will continue to evolve and get a little bit more um, efficient.
0: Dude, one of the coolest things I saw, two of the coolest things I saw in my class was a dad and his son doing it together, which I thought I'd freaking love that. Yeah. And the other cool thing I saw was one of the guys from out of town said his son was going through the program here. And so he got to eat with him and hang with him and stuff. And I just thought, man, that that would, any time you ever have anybody like that, like what you guys do every day, give you special attention like that and love on you a little bit and just let you know that they care, that's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like... I don't even yeah. know. Did everybody else finish their guitars? No. No?
1: <laughs> I think I think Boots is really close.
2: Boots is close.
1: Um, we're was, still trying to connect with, you know, because Ed got sick. Right. And so he and Baker didn't show up for a little bit. So he's, um, uh, do we have to go get, like, disclaimers or something now that I've named all these people? I I just, know, it's it's just first names up. only. First names, oh,
0: names only.
2: Yeah. Okay. Danny finished his. Did he? Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Mullen finished his, of course.
2: Actually, it, that's right, Mullen. It it and sister. gave it to his sister for, for graduation. graduation. Yeah. Now right. he wants to build another one, and give it to his other sister. I can't which believe is pretty I cool. forgot that. What did that she, what was, did yeah, she do
0: when she saw that? Did she just lose it, baby, knowing that he know. made
1: it? Uh, did he tell he you? Said I mean, you know, he said she loved it. I mean, you know, Mullen.
2: <laughs> Mullen's not real descriptive. Right? Sometimes he's sometimes, kind of. He getting, getting information out of Mullen is kind of like it's a project. Uh, but no, apparently she, she loved it. And yeah, it, she could have passed out dead cold and Mullen would have just said she liked it a she lot. She liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Doesn't play it much. Yeah.
2: Right. Had <laughs> to revive her. But doesn't but, yeah. she play cello? She, yeah, I think she does. I think Thank she's, you, a, right. cellist, yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. a cellist. Yeah.
0: she's a have to figure out how to play a guitar yeah, sure. with a ball. I
2: don't think Sam ever finished his, did he? Sam and Greg, did they don't ever put a so. finish on it? I think mm-hmm. they're still playing and bolted up. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Sam and Greg, if you're listening. Mm-hmm.
0: Finish your dang guitars.
2: Y'all need that's another father-son combination, right? They need to get out here and finish their guitars, yeah. man. That's right.
0: Dude, has anybody gone on to like, except for Mullen wanting to build another one, I mean like really taken to it and, and done anything else on their own?
2: I, but the hard part is having the shop to do it. You yeah. Know? So nobody's like blown us up and said, hey, can I come back out to the shop yeah. and do it? I've I asked did. several people. <laughs> I came out a bunch. I've <laughs> asked several people, hey, if we if we taught... Um, a full on methods class where yeah. you literally, like, we can start with a log
0: and say, oh, yeah. okay,
2: we're gonna, we're actually gonna cut sides and backs out of a log and we're gonna pull them, put them in a light bulb dryer overnight and get them down to the, you know, MC that they need and blah, right. blah, blah. Would you take that class? Bend your own sides, do your own cutaways. Though. And everybody I talked to that took the first class said, absolutely. Yeah. Man, I would, I would do that class again. it's nope. just really, really time consuming. Don't
0: do that. Picking the stick. Thing. the picking stick class yeah, isn't dude, that cool want to do that yeah. no amy asked me if i ever I wanted to
2: stick hanging right up there, there Man, that's is. a wrestler special right there baby
0: no amy asked me if i if i wanted to build a guitar and i said well if you give me fifty thousand dollars for parts and we just yeah. turned turn the whole basement into a wood shop and i said otherwise uh i said i, I may do this class again because i freaking loved it
2: Yeah, that's the hard Mm -hmm. part. The hard part about building a guitar isn't building a guitar. It's making all the jigs and fixtures you need and buying all the tools you need to build a guitar. That's 10 times what building a guitar is. Yeah.
0: So what is that again? I wish it. Or how would you describe that crazy thing?
1: I
2: I wouldn't. (laughs) Okay. So, this is literally a stick of wood. It's about an inch and an eighth thick and about an inch wide. So, it's a block of maple in this case. Down at one, it's probably three feet long, something like that. Yeah. Down at one end, the center has been cut out so that you can flare the sides of it okay. and glue a little tiny body to the face of it, a little, a little flared triangle shape down at the bottom. It's got three tuners at the top. And the frets are what's called diatonic tuning, so it's mm-hmm. Appalachian. It's it's like I'm not I'm right. not skipping frets. It's not every semitone. It's it's diatonic tuning, and because of that, no matter where it's pentatonically tuned and diatonically scaled, so no matter where you put your fingers, it sounds okay.
0: Pretty cool, right? I like it. Grant's laughing as if he does not approve. No,
1: I love it. I think it's it's really incredible. I I I keep thinking maybe I should just go on to playing something more like that since the guitar has always eluded me.
0: No, you're uh, really good. You're just into all those tunings and all well, that. But it's stuff. because yeah. it's
1: because they're kind of like this. Cover uh, that okay? Diatonic it scale. It's kind of, you know in the same fashion. The alternate tunings for me. Are a lowest common denominator, so I can approach something with just an open strum, and it sounds beautiful. And I, my, my left hand is kind of remains free <laughs> to pick up this nice new mug that I just received from my friend. Just parting the heck out of it. Uh-huh.
2: I know she's been wearing fake nails lately, man. Well,
1: and I bite those too. I just yeah. can't stay away from it for some reason.
2: Hey, work for her, brother. She I also had some her, accompanying surgeries that helped a long yes, way, she, so you did. might want to try some of that out.
0: She has some big <clears throat> hair.
1: Well, she was a, you know yeah. pretty uh, surging in the 80s, I think that was uh...
0: That's cool. So you've had so many successes with all these young guys and I'm sure you've had your hearts broke too. So what would you say the overriding lesson? That you guys have learned, or is there even one?
2: Don't try to change people. Really? Yeah, it doesn't work. I mean, if I try to change you, how much are you gonna resist?
0: Depends on what you wanna change.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but if I just love you? Yeah. So, our job isn't to change anybody, it's just to love them really well. If I can convince somebody that I really care about them, yeah. just cause it's them, not cause there's some project or there's some outcome, Yeah. just care. Just really care. That's, I mean, isn't that what you wanted when you grew up? Just somebody that would. Absolutely. Somebody care. Yeah. So that's it, man. We work with guys who have incredibly high potential. Yeah. And we figured out a way to spot it. Most of the guys we work with, the circumstances of life haven't really brought that high potential out yet. Yeah. And there's some things we can do to help bring that high potential to the surface. But at the end of the day, that's not the goal. The goal is to say, hey, you really are deeply loved and cared about. Yeah. And if we can just get there, the rest of it will take care of itself.
0: That's good, man. And you also have a love of Mediterranean donkeys. Aren't they cool? (laughs) How many do you have now? Six? Four. Four?
2: Yeah, two of them died. Oh. Everything dies.
0: Everything and I did not realize that Stacy was a uh, national championship clogger.
2: 1986 Grand National Champion Clogger. Come on. She was the featured dancer in the country music USA show at Opryland <laughs> <laughs> while she's going to Belmont. Can you say Belmont on a podcast? Do we have to pay him something? No, they, have to, they should have to pay us something. They should. They? Cause cause send they, them a bill.
0: I know I spent a lot of money there. Or all my folks did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Before I realized. Did you finish your guitar? What's that working out for you? Uh, uh,
1: Podcasting?
0: Here I am. Did you get a
2: degree in podcasting?
0: I did not get a degree in anything except high so you school. You didn't
2: finish either. you a guitar. That is. You actually did finish your guitar. Sir.
0: I did. No, I got a job and spent thirty years in the music industry. And, Isn't it cool? Yeah. I don't. I don't know what it's like anymore, but.
2: Yeah, okay. yeah Stacey's grand national champion, clogger. The first time I ever saw her, that's what she was doing. I was playing music. They were doing a barn dance, so girls in the center ring, guys in the outside ring. We were playing Crash Course in the Blues by Steve Warner and had that little 10-step lead ride thing in the yeah. middle, you know? And chicken picking thing and round the ring, there she came. And I got so captured watching her dance you that I forgot to sing. I did. I looked over and the guitar player said, the thing, man, thing. He had a big old lisp. He's from Mississippi too. He had a gap in his front teeth so big he could stuff a cigarette butt up in the middle of it and it just stay there. Big ponytail, big old redneck, Mrs. Thing, man, thing. So I had to go meet her then. I yeah. Was, yeah, I had to.
0: And it was and, love at first
2: sight. Oh, no. She uh, uh, no. she didn't want to talk For to me. For one of them. <laughs> 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 yeah, we made it work. It took about three or four days to get together. But once we finally got together and had a meal and talked, she figured out that I wasn't what she thought I was. And
0: right. Yeah.
2: The rest is history, man. That's 25 years ago. Whew. 25 years ago, brother.
0: That's good stuff.
2: Almost. January 20th would be 25 years. Man. January 20th in 1995. She was out for her birthday. She's the best.
0: Yeah. Well, boys, Mm. thank you for your time. Yeah. Thank Mm. you for your friendship. I love Mm. what you're doing here. I love you guys. And uh, I guess we'll see you later.
2: Yeah. Thanks for talking to us, man. Bye. Bye.